0: Hello everyone, this is Damien O'Connell with the Warfighting Society, and we're bringing you something different today. What we're about to show you is the work of three Marine officers at Naval Postgraduate School, and they've written something called The Ghost and General Smith. And without giving too much away, it's a look at one possible and disastrous future for the Marine Corps. I found the story highly thought-provoking and challenging. I think it's also going to raise some controversy. I think that's a good thing. We need more honest and critical discussions about the future of the Marine Corps. We will release the story in serialized format, both as a podcast and in print on The Maneuverist. Today we'll listen to the preface and chapter one. If nothing else, I think you'll find the story thought-provoking, engaging, and interesting to say the least, but that should suffice for an introduction. Let's get to our story. And now we bring you The Ghost and General Smith by Scott Weibling, Jordan Miller, and Matt Tweedy. Be slowly lifted up, that long black arm, great gun towering towards heaven about to curse. Sway steep against them and for years rehearse huge imprecations like a blasting charm. Reach at that arrogance which needs thy harm and beat it down before its sins grow worse. Spend our resentment, cannon, yea, disperse our golden shapes of flame, our breaths in storm. Yet for men's sakes, whom thy vast malice must wither innocent of enmity, be not withdrawn, dark arm, the spoil you're done, safe to the bosom of our prosperity. But when thy spell be cast, complete and whole, may God curse thee and cut thee from our soul. Wilfred Owen: On seeing a piece of our heavy artillery brought into action Preface: August 2023 General Smith slumped into his desk chair at the official residence. Boxes, papers and unhung pictures clutter his office. There's hardly time to impact since assuming the commandancy. Tonight's evening parade finished on time and without incident. The Marines did well. No one fell out despite the heat and humidity. But he wondered how to sustain his own excitement for the parades to come. Tradition was important, but he had work to do. General Smith picked up the handwritten note on his desk, reading it for the fourth time. Dear 39, Eric, congratulations on becoming our Commandant. The hopes and security of millions of Americans are in your hands. You are the right man for the job. I can think of no one better suited for this moment. This office is unique unlike any other in the profession of arms. Very few know the burden and challenges you will face. Expect trials and critics daily, but keep the faith and do what you know is right. Marines past and present are entrusted to your care. I know you will succeed. Semper Fidelis, David Berger, 38th Commandant of the Marine Corps. General Smith put the letter in his top drawer. He looked at the stack of unread briefs and pulled out a notebook. A 0900 briefing with the Senate Armed Services Committee meant 0400 Reveille. Chapter 1, April 2041, The Pacific. General Smith wakes in his dress blues, in mud. The air is thick with smoke and rot. There's an oily smell of death. He cannot see more than ten feet in front of him and doesn't know the time. Welcome, Commandant. Smith turns and slips in the volcanic mud. He pushes off the ground until face-to-face with an apparition. Where am I? This is hell, my son, answers the ghost. This is a dream. This... Is the future general. Suddenly he shoots into the air, arms locked to his side and legs frozen at attention. He climbs above the smoke until a shoreline is in view. The voice follows. General Smith sees what looks like a controlled burn spreading across a small island. He'd spent enough time in 3MF to know this was the Pacific. Water-filled craters dot the landscape, remnants of trees and undergrowth scattered across uneven ground, and bodies, some charred, some crawling, some still. Where am I? Panic oozes from the commandant's voice. You're looking at a marine expeditionary advanced base general, or what's left of it. Across the horizon are ships, gray holes and black holes and cigarette boats and landing craft moving closer to shore. Nothing visible is flying. What happened here? Someone must be coming. No one is coming, General, pointing to the ships. Except them. General Smith closes his eyes, trying to wake up. Three weeks ago, the satellites stopped. Two weeks ago, internet protocols failed. Last week, a series of enhanced electromagnetic pulses triggered across the Pacific. Within six hours, every expeditionary advance base was bombarded with naval gunfire. Thousands of awakened cannons with nothing to stop them. Your autonomous logistics crafts and small boats became erratic after losing satellites. they are nothing more than silent buoys and anchors now. No one in Washington or Hawaii knew for hours, and by the time they did, it was too late. You see, General, even your redundant systems failed. General Smith could not know from surveying the carnage that the EMPs destroyed every chip and every programmable piece of equipment. Analysts back in the Pentagon weren't certain if anything could be resurrected and if a reboot was possible. Those Marines have HF. They should be reporting, calling for help. For God's sakes, they have advanced missile systems on that island. General Smith is screaming and flush. You're telling me that they can't sink a Chinese junker? General, you took those options away from them years ago. Harris radios are black boxes. They're closed systems designed to prevent marine tinkering. Besides, no marine has cut an antenna or programmed a radio by hand in a decade. You made it so. It's the same with the Navy-Marine Expeditionary Ship Interdiction System, your so-called nemesis. Even though the naval strike missile is immune to electronic countermeasures, the sensor to shooter link was taken out when we lost Link 16 two weeks ago. Manual operation is no longer an option without targeting data. And since the introduction of -of out-of-the-loop multi-domain weapon systems, the rest of their weapons can't range. You spent the better part of 40 years professionalizing a force, prizing elite warriors of superior fitness, resourcefulness, and intelligence, but you built a mirage. Everything they are is touched by something they are not. All they can do is try to survive, but your avoidance of Iron Mountains left meager rations and supplies. You're telling me that the Marine Corps equipped a helpless force? No, I don't believe it. You built a helpless force, General, the ghost whispers as it moves within inches of General Smith. The only thing they have that wasn't affected by the EMP are carbines, grenades, and e-tools. Dozens of rusty landing craft approach the island under methodical naval gun bombardment. Chinese troops scramble ashore without resistance and swarm the island. The last thought General Smith had before a white light consumes him was about the warfighting principle of mass. And that concludes Chapter 1 of The Ghost and General Smith. Stay tuned for Chapter 2, coming out next week.